Hello, welcome to the Dear Nikki podcast, where I'm going to be giving you personalized user research advice based on your questions or struggles. So let's dive into today's episode. Hello, hello. Sorry, this podcast episode is late this week. And that is because I was catching up on a bunch of emails yesterday because my husband and I were in London for a long weekend. We saw Elton John in concert for his farewell tour. And I was not the only one crying in the audience. No, it was awesome. We had the best time ever seeing him. He was so unbelievable. I just, I can't even begin to describe how amazing the show was. It was so cool also to see like the age range of people. There were people in their 70s and 80s dancing around in the aisles. Oh, I was so thrilled. It was it was a happy place for me. So we had such a great time seeing him. And yeah, I came back to quite a few emails, had to get through those and some meetings yesterday so i didn't have a chance to record at my normal time so here i am now i will also say i apologize for the audio on this my microphone has been acting up so i tried recording a few times on my microphone and it wasn't working so i am using my computer mic and i'm i tested it a few times and hopefully the audio is not too too horrible but anyways today's episode is going to be quite a quick one because it's super straightforward and I'm excited to answer <laughs> a relatively straightforward question, which is really exciting for me because I feel like I tend to pick things that are a little bit more difficult and nuanced. So let's bring up the question now. And that is, it's kind of a chicken or an egg what should come first, the user interview or the survey? <laughs> I love that. I just love the question. It, it makes me makes me happy. So, and if I had a nickel, dime, pound, euro, whatever <laughs> currency it may be for every single time I respond with this answer, I would be so rich. We would all be really rich. I feel like all user researchers or maybe just generally product and tech people would be really, really rich if they got paid for this response, which it depends. <laughs> the most infuriating response ever, but it's okay. We're gonna talk through the dependencies and why it depends and what about it depends. <laughs> so this is a great question and I'm gonna give it as straightforward an answer as possible, but what I want to say is that you can either start with a survey or you can start with interviews. And I'm going to broaden it even more than that. You can start with either quantitative research and then follow up with qualitative research, or you can start with qualitative infer, uh, research and follow up with quantitative research. So both types of research are fine to start with. It doesn't have to be always starting with qual or always starting with interviews and then always following up with surveys. Although that is a really common way that we do research is doing the qual to the quant. 
It's just what is almost spoken about more often, right? So there are there are three, and we're talking about mixed methods here, which I also love talking about. I just put in my newsletter, if you're not a part of my newsletter, I put the link to join in the description box. And in my newsletter, I just posted there's, it's called Quant UXCon 2023. And it's, I believe the dates are June 14th and 15th, right? And it's the first, I think it's one of the first conferences dedicated to quantitative user research. So if you're into mixed methods or if you're into quant or wanting to learn more about quant, I, I highly recommend checking out that event. I just bought my tickets and I'm really, really excited for it. It's also at an affordable price point, which is really cool. They're doing a follow the sun schedule, which means that they're trying to accommodate all the different time zones in the world to make sure that people can, you know, get something from the event, no matter where they are. So anyways, we are talking about mixed methods, right? And there are three approaches to mixed methods generally. It's exploratory design, right? Which means you're first exploring a subject. So that means generally starting with a more qualitative approach and then following up with quant. There's explanatory design, right? Which means that you're usually starting with a quant approach and then deepening your knowledge with qualitative research. Or there is um, parallel sequential design as well. I think that's what it's called. I just had a had a brain moment there. <laughs> I've said this so many times, yet there it goes. So that's where you do qualitative and quantitative kind of in parallel to each other. I highly recommend getting comfortable with the explanatory and exploratory sequential design before you go more into the parallel right? Uh, because it's easier to unpack the two rather than doing them first at the same time. But as you can see from these three methods, you can start either with qualitative or quantitative research. And it all depends on your needs and your goals, right? So what are some of the reasons that we might start with qualitative research and then follow up with quantitative research? Okay. So usually the reason that we start with, I will, I will just use one-on-one -on -one interviews and follow up with a survey because that is what this person asked about specifically. The reason that we would start with one-on-one -on -one interviews and follow up with a survey instead of the other way around is if you are trying to send out a survey and you have no idea what to ask people <laughs> about a particular topic, I see this happening a lot where people will try and send out a survey and they'll have multiple choice answers that don't make any sense, or they'll be asking questions that are really unclear, right? Because they don't know enough about the topic themselves in relation to their users. Generally speaking, if you can't put together a survey, if you don't have enough information about the topic and how it relates to your audience or a concept or whatever it might be and how that relates to your audience, generally speaking, a qualitative approach. So interviews is the best way to start. So we, we look at this particular approach of exploring the space and then using quantitative, so surveys to continue to like narrow that space down. So let's, let's take a tangible example here so that we're not talking in so much ambiguity. So we have here, let's say 
we are looking to understand why people are photographers. I just looked at a photo of my husband and I on our wedding and I said, okay, let's do this. We are going to try and understand, you know, why people get into photography, how they get into photography and what we can do to help them kind of we're, we're looking to kind of create some sort of services maybe to help them with their photography business. <laughs> it's a really random example, but it's one I haven't used before. So I'm really proud that I didn't default to like plants or food delivery or travel. So we're looking to understand that kind of information. Now, as somebody, let's say we're in a space in which we don't have a lot of information on this, setting out a survey to try and gather this information is going to be really difficult. Because if I were to say, why did you get into photography? Uh, like, Yes, we could do open end, but sending out an open end survey that's like almost completely open end is also really difficult. But if you were to try and come up with like multiple choice, right, for that without any context of why people might get into photography or like how they're doing it or, you know, what their major pain points are, right? If you have no context around that, it's very difficult to create a survey about it, right? So we need to keep this in mind of, okay, if we're looking into this like problem space, right, this particular topic, and we have no idea about how it relates to our users, and we want to understand more, we want a depth of knowledge, we want to like understand their processes, their mental models, how they're thinking about these different concepts, and, and truly understand that depth. Within that situation, qualitative interviews make more sense, right? Because you're exploring this topic. You're not explaining it. You're exploring it, right? So you're lacking a depth of understanding and knowledge, and you're trying to get that depth. That's when qualitative interviews make so much sense or more of the exploratory research, right? makes so much more sense to start with. Because again, without that context, you're going to have a really hard time writing something like a survey. And again, you can, you can do it. You can do a lot. It would require a lot of open-ended questions though. And generally speaking, unless you have an audience that's very, very willing to respond to a lot of open-end questions, you're going to have a, a hard time actually answering those questions probably to the depth that you need. I would say that even with people who do complete open end surveys, the depth of information that you get is not at all equal to what you would get in a one on one interview. You also lack the ability to follow up, ask why, get even more information from this person, right? Or they might read the question wrong and you lack the space to clarify that question. Right. So imagine you write this whole survey, send it out to a bunch of people and everybody interpreted your questions wrong. And now you're kind of stuck. Right. So I always say when you're looking for that depth of inner information, when you don't know a lot about the problem space or the particular topic or concept or idea and how it relates to your users, that's when you start with the qualitative side, because then what you can do is you can get a bunch of qualitative research and you can get some findings, you can get some insights, right? And then you can use a survey to help you prioritize that because you are informed enough now with the information to help you write 
a more effective survey, right? So if we go through and we start to understand the stages people go through the journey, the journeys they go through as becoming photographers and opening their photography business, and they talk about these different needs and pain points and goals that they have, right? Then what we can do is we can use that to build a survey to ask a larger population what those pain points, needs, and goals are to start prioritizing, right? So we use the information from the qualitative interviews to build that survey. So all of the pain points that people mentioned in these qualitative interviews become the multiple choice answers within our survey. Same with goals, same with needs, right? So that's where I would always start with the qualitative side is when we don't have enough knowledge. And yet you could do some market research on this or some desk research, or you could, if, if you have internal stakeholders who know a lot about this subject, that could be a, another approach to this. But I always recommend when we're, when we're really lacking that knowledge or when a lot of the knowledge is assumptive that we make sure to talk to users before we run into any sort of quantitative or survey-based methodology. Now, on the flip side, let's look at when we might start with a survey rather than with a set of interviews. And this is actually a very interesting use case and one that I didn't understand for a really long time because what I used to do is I used to always do the quant quant. I always used to do the one-on-one interviews to surveys, right? It was just, it was ingrained in my mind. I was like, this is the way that it goes. This is the process. I'm also a quality by nature. So I'm starting with something that I'm more comfortable with. Now, when does that not make sense? There are a few different ways that you can start with the quant side and then move on to the qual side. One really great way is when you're trying to be a proactive researcher, right? So one thing that I started doing a little bit later on in my career is looking at quantitative data. And I know that this isn't exactly survey-based and I'll talk about starting with surveys in one second, but I do wanna to touch on this particular approach. So looking at quantitative data, and this can consist of things like customer support tickets. And I know that can, can be qual, but generally speaking, you can kind of find the themes and trends and patterns within customer support tickets and look at what kind of patterns come up there. And maybe there are some customer support tickets or complaints that people are having about certain features, and you can quantify this information. Right. So that's one way to look at quantitative data. You also have product analytics, right? So you can look into the analytics of your product and see maybe where people might be, let's say, dropping off at a certain at a certain point on your product. Is there a, a flow that they are meant to go through that they're dropping off on? Is there usage data that is kind of concerning? Are there certain metrics like conversion rate or retention rate? or click through rate that are that your teams are looking at that aren't doing as well as quote they should <laughs> right we all have we have, we all have shouldisms in our life but this is one way where you can actually start with that quant based data and then follow up because that's telling you what's happening but it's not telling you the broad spectrum of why it's happening right and we need both the what and the why to understand the holistic picture of what's what is happening and why it's happening to people.
right? So that's why mixed methods is so powerful. So starting with that kind of quantitative information, right? And then moving to interviews, let's say, or we can, we can look at qualitative usability tests as well in this situation to understand why this is happening. So if you're seeing a disruption in a certain metric, let's say conversion rate, click-through rate, or a certain flow that people are dropping off on, or some, some area in your product where people are having a lot of problems, right? That's where you go and you say, okay, cool. We're just going to start with this quant data and we're going to follow up with qual to understand why it's happening. So you go and you run usability tests with people who are encountering these problems and you need to make sure that you screen for those people, right? Because hmm, I guess you, you wouldn't always need to if the problem frequency seems really high, but you would try want to try and get people who might be struggling so that you can understand the why behind the struggle, right? And so then you have this qualitative part where you're asking them why these things are happening and trying to better understand the problems, right? So that's one approach in terms of using a more quantitative to qualitative. So that's the explanatory sequential design, right? So now we have this other approach of first using surveys and then moving on to interviews. So the way that I love to use the survey to interview approach is when my topic is way too broad, right? And this is, again, this is something that I didn't think of a lot when I was just starting out in my career or even like mid mid point in my career, I still struggled with this. So oftentimes <laughs> people will come to me asking really broad questions, things like who are our users, you know, <laughs> those types of questions. And we can't ask users that we can't be like, who are you, <laughs> you know, um, and, and especially through qualitative research, right. And still get the right sample size for them. We'd, we'd be talking to users forever. So this is actually a really great example of when to start with a survey, right? So how I would, let's say we're making personas for these photographers. So there are small business photographers, there are freelance photographers, and there are, you know, I don't know, in-house large business photographers. I feel so bad for anybody who's a photographer and it's like, Nikki, you have no idea what you're talking about. But let's say we have an indication of these people and we we don't know some of the other roles that might be playing. So when a stakeholder comes to us asking, who are our users? Who are our most important users? Or who, who are our users? We can't just talk to people and hope to find some sort of trend. But what we can do is instead we could send out a survey to these a large group of people to understand, okay, what type of photographer are you? And then we see the most frequent response. So the, let's say the, within our audience, there are a large amount of freelance photographers or small business photographers, right? And so what that helps us do is narrow down the scope of the study. So we can say, okay, this is the distribution of our users, right? within this survey, let's focus first on freelance, right? So that we can we can narrow the scope of our research because oftentimes we we might come up with a topic that's just so insanely broad that it's almost impossible to start with interviews because you're sitting there thinking, who am I supposed to recruit? Right? Who 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 am I supposed to talk to first? How do I even get trends on this? Right. And this is the same thing that I, I went through 
at a travel company when people were asking me, why do people travel? And I was like, uh, uh, probably a lot of reasons, <laughs> but I couldn't do quality. I couldn't dive right into one-on-one -on -one interviews. And the reason that I learned that is because I tried and it was just too much variability because my recruitment was just like everyone, right? Everyone who travels, why do you travel? And instead what I learned is, okay, this is when you start with a survey to try and gauge from your audience where you can focus your interviews on. And that doesn't mean you have to completely discard these other personas or uh, like what I found was that a lot of people travel for leisure. There's leisure travel, business travel, and obligatory travel, which is sometimes family travel for holidays, right? Or other, other types of travel. And so what I did is when I failed to understand this, like through my interviews, I was able to then send out a survey, get this information in a much better way so that we could start to prioritize the different types of travel. And then I was able to say, okay, the majority of our users use our product for leisure travel. Let's focus first on them. Right. And then I, I actually segmented that even more into leisure travel with families and without families, right? So I was able to then narrow the scope of my research so much so that when I was doing these interviews, they were so much more pointed. So I was able to prioritize who I spoke to and actually get good results and insights. So I hope that that was helpful and it answered a bit the, the question of chicken or an egg uh, <laughs> interviewer survey first and gave some tangible examples on when you might use these different approaches in different situations. So yeah, I hope that that was super helpful and I am looking forward to the next question. Thank you so much and have a great day. Thanks again for listening. Don't forget to hit subscribe and submit your next question. And I look forward to talking to you all soon. Bye. Thank you.